the lack of influence is one of the most difficult positions and difficult experiences in, in, I would say, in the human experience. It can make us feel alone. It can make us feel insignificant. And that's one of the realities. John Maxwell said, there is no leadership without influence, which is to say that influence is the how, quote unquote, how of leadership. It's time to get inside your own head. Begin with the psychology behind your behaviors and fuse it with an acute understanding of self-awareness, emotion, storytelling, body language, and more. Then look at it all through the lens of the latest neuroscience research, broken down to its most digestible form. And you've arrived. Enhanced messaging, deeper connection, heightened influence, and a greater impact on the world. Welcome to the NeuroSide of Influence and Leadership with Rene Rodriguez. All right, well, let's get started. Here we are for really our first episode of the Amplify podcast, and this has been a long time in the making. I, I want to keep this as laid back as possible. I want to keep this conversational in a lot of ways. I've got ideas, I've got thoughts and but moreover, I want to follow the book. We are in the process and are getting pretty far along in, in getting our book finished and wanted to follow along as this to be something that uh, if you have purchased the book by now that you're listening to this or are going to be getting the book or have maybe been to the class, this will be something that will dive deeper into the concepts and something that will serve as sort of a reference of, of revisiting ideas and something that maybe even an exploration of, of new things. The concept of amplify or influence is something that is always growing and something that for me for the last 27 years, a passion around understanding this beautiful thing that we have between our ears, our brain, and understanding why and how we process information. That, that is such a broad term. That is such a broad thing that I think applies to every one of us, whether we're in business, whether we are a school teacher, being a parent, whether we are an athlete, whether we're a Navy SEAL, we all need to perform in life. And a lot of our life really depends on our success in life and our happiness in life depends on our performance through it. And so the application of the things we're going to be talking about here do apply to almost everything. I've been in the leadership conversation for over two decades and the frustrating nature of the leadership conversation around platitudes and quotes and inspiration and stories has been frustrating because very little has been done to show you how. And so this work, this podcast is going to be very focused on how we do things. We're going to be talking about research. We're going to be talking more over how do we apply the research? How do we take something that has been studied around how the brain works? We're going to take old research that broke ground on new thinking and innovative thinking and saying, well, what did that open up for us? And what is happening now? And balancing the new current research, which is very focused on accuracy of the brain and the actual neuroscience and very little focus on application. And we're going to be merging that to say, how do we use this information? Because to me, my focus and my passion comes in, how do we make our lives better? How do we make our businesses better because of it? So if you're a manager, if you're a leader, if you're in sales, if you're a parent, teacher, wherever you're from, this podcast should be able to apply to you in some way. If you're a student, man, what a great set of tools 
to have now. And so this book and this podcast will be going hand in hand. And so I invite you to follow along, move around, listen to other episodes, and engage with us, follow up with us. Join the class if you can, and let's have some fun. So we all have ideas, ideas that we want to share with the world, ideas that we want to share with people. And I know myself growing up, I had ideas. I had things that I wanted to share. I had jokes that I wanted to tell. I had people's attention that I wanted to get. And the frustrating nature of wanting to tell a joke and no one laughing, sharing an idea and no one listening, a leader sharing a vision and no one buying in, salesperson selling a product and no one buying, a teacher teaching a course and students not paying attention, a parent charting the way and the, and the child going the opposite way. It's difficult. The lack of influence is one of the most difficult positions and difficult experiences in, in, I would say, in the human experience. It can make us feel alone. It can make us feel insignificant. And that's one of the realities. John Maxwell said, there is no leadership without influence, which is to say that influence is the how, quote unquote, how of leadership. And so understanding how do we move and affect people to action or how do we affect an outcome is really what we're talking about here. A lot of people confuse Amplify with public speaking. And yes, public speaking is definitely a part of it because you have to speak in public. Well, I mean, you can't influence many people when you're sitting in a room by yourself. Well, nowadays with social media, we can write things and blogs and writing and things like that. But we're talking about interpersonal communication or personal influence as well as from the front of the room, maybe it's one in five people or one in front of 10. And for the rare few that maybe have hundreds of people in front of them, or maybe even thousands. But the reality is that the opportunities to influence are everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And most people miss those opportunities. Executives have the opportunity to influence most of their people in meetings. And in those meetings, if you're not in them, where else do you see them? Where else do you see an executive? Well, typically in a hallway. Well, so then we used to ask our clients, not we used to, we actually do all the time. What's your hallway walk look like? Are you staring at your phone the whole time? Are you looking concerned for your next meeting? Are you thinking about what's happening next? Or are you saying, I better hurry and not make eye contact because I don't want to get into conversation and lead someone on that I have time when I really have to get to the next one. Well, those are all messages that you're sending someone and typically not the messages that you want to send. And what ends up inadvertently happening is that with our mouths, we say things like, my door is always open. Here at this company, we believe that we believe in people. We would give people time, but then the experience with you might be different. It might be the opposite of that. And so we're going to be exploring the incongruencies of body language and voice and how do we, number one, build the self-awareness to start even noticing that that is an issue. Noticing that maybe what I'm saying and how my body or my nonverbal communication is speaking isn't in alignment. That first step of self-awareness is key. And so you're going to hear me talk a lot about self-awareness. And, and I'm going to give you a warning. The scariest person in my view is the person who says, yeah, I'm very self-aware. Got that one. Let's move on. Yep, I consider myself very self-aware. It's like the person that says, well, I'm the most trustworthy person you know. Uh, similar to the one who's like, well, man, hey, you've never met somebody more supportive of women than me. 
or somebody who's least racist as I am. And oh, how about this one? I'm the most humble person you've ever met. And every time I've heard that, I've said, really, the most humble? Like number one, not number two, the, the most humble? And obviously I'm being facetious, but when you think about that, it's the moment that we say that we are self-aware is the moment we shut off the possibility that maybe there's something else that we're missing. And in fact, Harvard did an amazing study on one of the number one signs of the lack of intelligence, and it was certainty. The more certain we were and the more certainty we, we showed in our lives, in our conversations, the more we showed lack of intelligence. Because in reality, the more intelligent you are, the more you realize how little you know. And the more you realize, and the more you realize that there are multiple views of this world, multiple views of a problem, multiple views of a situation, and there's no possible way that any one of us can see all of those views. And so when we're thinking about how do we connect and how do we see and how do we understand a problem, self-awareness is going to be one of the first things we talk about. And so when we think about that, the good news is, is it doesn't have to be as hard to influence people as maybe it has been. This, we want this book and we want this podcast and our process to help be a guide because when we think about the opposite of having no impact, the feeling of insignificance, the opposite of that is having impact, telling a joke, people laughing, selling a product and people buying laying out a vision and people buying into that vision and following that vision, setting boundaries and people respecting those. All of those things now make us feel significant. And the reason we feel significant is because we are having an impact on the world around us. And so Amplify and the concept of influence now, what I'm hoping and what I hope you'll start seeing takes on a whole new level of meaning. And it's not just around influencing behavior. It's around finding our significance in this world through how we make a mark. Now we can get into the conversation of purpose, why we exist. Why am I here? What's my legacy? These are all fair conversations that we need to start having because at some point in your life, I've been doing this 27 years. I've worked with people that are brand new into a business to people that are leaving the business. And what I've always found fascinating is the ones that started off gung-ho, ready to go, sales, sales, sales. At some point in their career, there's this tipping point where they reach what we call becoming a legacy leader. They've made the money. They've had the impact. They've got the people. Their companies are succeeding. And yet they're still feeling empty. There's something missing. And they're asking themselves, what's the legacy? What, have I, what am I leaving behind here? Why did I do this? Did I just do this to sell X amount of product and reach a certain EBITDA, to, to have a certain market share, to have a certain amount of dollars in the bank? What am I leaving? And legacy is not just what are you leaving your family, but what have I left in the world? What mark have I made? And what I have found is sooner we can start wrestling with that conversation and start asking ourselves that question, and the sooner we align with that, or maybe get, get a sort of a clear line of sight between who I am, what I do, why I do it in terms of from a purpose perspective and how I can sort of make that connection daily. And then I have influence on the people around me. Now, all of a sudden, life takes on a very different form. And when I'm talking about impact on the world, let's get clear on that. I'm not talking about 
you know, you standing on a stage of thousands of 10,000 people or having 100 million followers, 100,000 followers. Our world is comprised of those people around us. That's our reality. And our happiness and our level of significance and impact is really about how do we impact those around us? Because I know people that have that impact millions of people, but can't impact their children and they're miserable. Think about that for a minute. Impacting millions, but can't impact those that are most important. And so realizing what is most significant in this is really what is most around us. And beginning at that level. So if you're listening to this and you're new to whatever business you're at, you don't have to be at certain level of success. And if you think that there's some place that you quote unquote, make it, there isn't because anybody I know that has made it and I've worked with, you name it. None of them feel like they've made it because what they feel like there's always a next level. There's always more learning to do. There's always the realization that they don't know anything. There's always something there that there, there's more. And the only thing that I've come to learn is that the journey is the only time that we're actually alive. We're only alive in the journey. And so if I'm only alive in the journey, then I better enjoy the journey. Because <laughs> if I don't enjoy the journey, then I have not enjoyed my life. Because if there is no place that you make it, and the only place that we have is the journey, then I better enjoy that process. I better love and fall in love with the ups and the downs and the challenges, getting up early, staying up late, the vacations, the grind, the struggles, the failures, the learnings, all of those elements. I need to fall in love so that I can make sure that my life means something. Otherwise I'm going to get to the end of it and be like, okay, so what did I do? And so this whole journey process, I'm, I want to challenge you through all of this, through this podcast. I want to challenge you through the book. I want to challenge you through all of it. And I want you to be aware of how you feel through it. I want you to think about what questions come to mind because that, that's going to be the biggest teacher. It's not going to be me. The biggest teacher is going to be your own experience, how you think about what it is we're talking about. The thoughts that come up, the challenges, the resistance points, the parts that you don't want to think about the parts that maybe if I challenge you to go do something, go, you know, say, Hey, if you want to get into speaking, you know, go look at your local rotary club and see if you can't get a gig there, put an ad in the paper, see if you can't get five people to show up and the process. And you don't do that so that you have five people to show up. You do that for what it causes you to create. And what that will cause you to create is a presentation. It will cause you to start questioning your content. It'll cause you to start thinking, do I have what it takes to be able to do it? And so in that, I want you to pay attention to all of it. So whether you're a manager trying to inspire a team, a parent providing guidance to a child, a salesperson trying to close a deal, all the goal, it's all the same. We're trying to influence behavior. Leadership is about influence, but so is marketing. So is teaching, managing, parenting, being a police officer, communicating. So I want to uncover in this process the hidden drivers of that behavior that shape the decisions that we make we're going to dive deep into the body language. Hopefully look at some mind-blowing research that's going to look at just how susceptible we are to other people's influence. That's going to be the part that's actually scariest. We're going to look at how much we really think that we're the ones that are responsible for the decisions we make. And then we start realizing that we're pretty much affected by all the things around us. And guess what? We also affect those things around us as well. It goes back and forth. So when we become aware of the process, 
That is when we start understanding it. But I, I, I got to tell you, at first, it's a little mind-blowing. At first, it's a little scary when we realize that a lot of the decisions we make, maybe we weren't as in control of them as we thought we were. So this whole concept of Jedi mind tricks and all that sort of stuff, there's an underlying truth to that, that the outside influences do happen. It's not as cinematic as you would see in a movie. But there are things when it comes to storytelling and narratives and how we brain processes information that is extremely, extremely fascinating, the unconscious nature of how we make decisions. And so even though most people don't realize it, the opportunity to influence is everywhere. And simply having the awareness that that's the case and starting to pay attention to those opportunities, which we're going to show you how to start seeing those moments. It's going to propel you so much further ahead. And if you're in a competitive environment, it's going to create a competitive environment. The ability to share and communicate your ideas more effectively is going to have an immediate impact on your life. So we want you to be able to harness this power of influence, harness the power of persuasion, harness the power of understanding what we mean by connecting to your heart. So I want to talk about that for just a minute. Connecting to your heart. I have a very clear view of what we mean by the heart. Your heart to me is your values, what you believe, and your memories. It's those three things. It's not this sort of intangible concept of, you know, let your heart, you know, so it's when you let your heart speak, it's okay, so what do you believe? What's important to you? What do you value? What are those things that are non-negotiable to you? And if you can learn to tap into those things. Now, tapping into them is one part of the puzzle. Just one part. Because some people speak from the heart in a way that turns people off. So we have to not only speak from the heart, but we have to speak from the heart in sequence. And what do I mean by sequence? In the sequence of how the brain processes information. And so you'll hear that a lot, letting your heart speak in sequence. So we have to first tap into your heart, meaning you have to allow permission to explore your life, be reflective, go look at why you believe certain things. What were the stories? Who was there for you? Who wasn't there for you? Why do you love having a clean house? Why is it that your house is a mess? Were your parents clean or were they slobs? Why is your financial situation tidy? Was it because your parents were financially tidy and, and organized? Or maybe they weren't and someone took advantage of them. You said, I'll never be that way. Was it a mentor that came into your life? All of those defining moments are a currency. Those are signature stories. And most of us don't even remember them. The difficult times in your life are some of the most valuable pieces of currency that you have. But the challenge with those adverse moments is that we forget them. We have short-term memory around them because the benefit of having short-term memory around difficult times is that we can persevere. If we sit there and, and replay over and over and over the most difficult times in our lives, we're not going to get anywhere. And so here I am, I'm asking you now, and I'm going to be asking you more, to start exploring some of those and start keeping notes on some of those because it's in those moments that we find the gold. It's in those moments that we start finding this is where the value really is. And so there's a lot that we're going to be exploring when it comes to understanding why it is that we do what we do, where those stories came from, and how they're starting to affect us now. You're going to start learning this interesting concept that everything that you do, your value proposition at work is usually because of one of two things. And I learned this working with thousands of people and helping them tell their story. 
your value proposition, what makes you unique is typically either to heal your past or honor your past. And sometimes it's to do both. If for some reason you have chosen, you love to educate your clients, you want to help them financially, you want to educate them in some way, shape or form. Usually between the ages of nine and 13, somebody was either there for you or they weren't in that capacity. And you made some decision to yourself that says either I'm going to honor this person that was there for me and you want to continue in that, or maybe they weren't there for you and you vowed to heal that part in your life. And now these are all unconscious processes, but when we start making the connection between those two, that's when we start understanding who we are. And when I say who we are, how you got to where you are. And those unconscious moments, those defining moments, those influences in your own life that really started creating the nurturing parts of who you are. Because the nature is what you're born with, the talent, but the nurturing is what affected you, what things were around you. We're going to talk a lot about the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle. He was the first person to talk about argumentative thought and persuasion. And we're going to talk about his motivational appeals or his persuasive appeals, his rhetorical triangle that he calls ethos, pathos, and logos. And we're going to talk about the forgotten two of Kairos and Telos. And those pieces you're going to see repeated a lot because we're going to dive deep into how we apply those and how we dive deep into those so that we can apply them. But ethos being your, your character, your credibility, the essence of who you are. And so an example of ethos would be, you know, taking advice on how to lose weight from somebody who's overweight. You wouldn't. You wouldn't take advice on how to make money from somebody who is broke because they have no ethos. They have no credibility. Or pathos is your emotional appeal. The emotional appeal is what we need to be able to connect emotionally and what drives behavior. So you can have great ethos, but if you don't have, you have no pathos, we can't connect. We don't build much trust and we have no incentive. We have no pathos and no energy to actually take an action. So a doctor tells us that we need to do something. We say, great doc, we'll start next week. Instead of saying, thanks doc, I'm going to start with my next meal and eat better. I'm going to start right now and start lowering my stress or whatever it is. So pathos is critical, critical, especially in today's society when we're starting to tell stories and in a social media world as well. And the third one is logos. It's logical appeal. Aristotle thought that this was the most important. And back when he was doing this 2000 years ago, the written word was powerful and there wasn't presentation. There wasn't social media and video. And so we didn't, couldn't create sound effects and music and things like that to affect emotionally what was going on. We didn't have little blue check marks on an on a Instagram account or followers and likes to, to grow ethos. And so in that sense, the logical argument was something that we could sit down and we could logic our way through it. But now there's so many other influences that go into it. So many other influences. You know, think about the concept of video killed the radio star. Well, before video, all we did was listen to the quality of the voice. Now we're listening to the voice, but we're seeing are they, are they attractive or not? Are they appealing to the eye or not? Which had nothing to do with the voice. So it changes things, good, bad, or indifferent. Not here to judge, it just is what it is. And so we want you to see this as the book is a playbook. This is a guide, it's a, it's a reference manual to kind of go along with, with the book. We're going to be exploring topics. From time to time, I'll be interviewing people. And I want to have fun with it. I want this to be exploratory. I want you to interact with it, share it and hopefully use it because this what good is it if it stays on here and you take notes and do nothing with it i'm hoping that you could take this and, and start immediately using this in your own personal life 
in your business life. Because right now, the more you understand the power of storytelling, which we're going to dive deep into, you're going to realize that the world's greatest leaders of all time, the Winston Churchills, the Nelson Mandela's, and Steve Jobs, my, one of my favorites, Jim Rohn, they were all not just great storytellers, because they were all storytellers, but they were, it was the way in which they told the story. So they took it further than just story. They dove into the how, into the voice inflections, all of those different pieces that were able to captivate listeners with the way that they told those stories. So all of those elements were there. So this one thing we have in common, our brain, we're going to be diving into it. We're going to be learning about it. We're going to be questioning it. We're going to be understanding that, how we process that information. We're going to be looking at life, work, personal, all the challenges and interpersonal relationships from branding, messaging, conflict resolution, selling, basically anything that involves two human beings or more, one plus more working together that have some sort of common goal together. And so I'm looking forward to this journey together. Thank you for listening to this and let's have some fun. Please engage, share, and we'll see you at the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this time with us. If the experience resonated with you, follow us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or AmplifyMyLife.com. Share it with anyone else who's ready to amplify their lives. And remember to let our hearts speak in sequence. For more from Renee Rodriguez, visit MeetRenee.com.